it has absolutely no benefit when it's used. It doesn't make us feel any more inclined to complete whatever task or goal we've outlined to ourselves. And if anything, it puts excess pressure on us. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from wherever you're listening. My name is James, and you're listening to the Final Push Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the most dangerous word in almost every element of life. And that is a big claim to be making, but I genuinely do believe it. None of us should be using this word. And that word is should. The primary definition of should is to indicate obligation, duty, or correctness, typically when criticizing someone's actions you might already be able to see why I'm not its biggest fan. This level of criticism is a demotivating mantra that we repeat to ourselves as a commitment where we often think in relation to goals that are completely out of our league or when we look back as chastisement for goals that we were never going to hit in the first place. Let's take a little bit of time to look at what's so demotivating and what's so bad about the word should. It has absolutely no benefit when it's used. It doesn't make us feel any more inclined to complete whatever task or goal we've outlined to ourselves. And if anything, it puts excess pressure on us. That pressure could be a way to get things moving, particularly when we're standing still. When we're trying to commit to something new and unfamiliar, however, pressure to perform, which is very well defined by should, is likely to switch us into that all or nothing mentality. And let's be honest, we all know that that's not a positive thing and it's not likely to bring us anything amazing. Should doesn't bring us any joy in hindsight either. By definition, it insinuates a failure, a lack of ability to carry out a task that we've set for ourselves. If we look at the world of behavioral psychology, it's often cited that shame along with self-criticism and social comparison, all of which are highly related to the word should, will have a negative effect on behavior change, making it harder to stick to commitments that you've made. Shame and negative self-talk actually leads to a higher susceptibility of hunger as well and lower adherence to any kind of calorie restriction. So those of you that are trying to drop body fat, you should also be dropping the word should because you're shooting yourself in the foot by chastising yourself for your unmet expectations. Ironically, it would seem that the word should also leads to more use of the word should have. If that wasn't a reason enough to dislike the word, obligation also makes us less likely to see an activity as enjoyable. And when we know anything about being able to commit to something long term, the more that we can see an activity as enjoyable, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to carry it through long term. When was the last time you found enjoyment in something you had to do as opposed to something you got to do? Things that we get to do might include things like going to an escape room or going rock climbing or anything that we feel like we almost wouldn't usually get the opportunity to do, but we get to go and do those things. When we think about the things we have to do, we often think about things that might be work-related or we might find that actually they're more less pleasant parts of our lives. So all those times where you're using the word should as a marker of something that you have to do, you are inherently making it so much more difficult for you to enjoy, engage, and therefore adhere to the targets that you've set yourself. Obviously, we can't just 
leave it at that. We need to know how we're going to break the use of the word should. So here are a couple of really quick reframes that we can implement, easy as anything, to deal with our use of the word should. First, we need to recognize our trigger word. It can help to have a loved one point out when you're using it, although that can seem a little bit patronizing at times, or it can be a little infuriating. So becoming a little bit more conscious of your language when you fail to meet your own expectations is a really good idea. If you're the kind of person like me that likes to set themselves targets, it's not uncommon for us to find that we're going to take a moment when we don't meet those targets to actually analyze what we've been doing and determine what went wrong. In those moments, we need to look at when we're saying should and try and consider behaving slightly differently towards ourselves, and maybe replacing that with the word could or in the past tense could have. It reminds us that as adults, we have the autonomy of choice and we get to choose what we do. Owning our choices and taking that extreme responsibility of those choices can re-empower us to make different choices in the future and let go of the ones that we've made in the past. Don't let the word should hold you back from your potential, because let's be honest, you're much better than that. And I would have thought by now, having doing these, having been doing these podcasts for a year, I'd have been much better than to get a word wrong, but hey, you can't guarantee everything, can you? Next time you find yourself saying the word should, I want you to think back to this podcast and remind yourself that you aren't stuck where you currently are. You don't have to stay there. I promise you that. And if you think you need a little bit more help tackling the language that isn't serving your health and fitness journey, I want you to keep a really close eye on my Instagram because I'm going to be releasing something very soon that will be helping you find the easiest and most low-hanging fruit that you can put forward to make massive changes in how you're progressing. That's all for today. Have an amazing one and I'll speak to you very soon. Bye.